I always say that when you're building your business, if you're forcing yourself to do something or something is taking entirely way too long, it's because you're not allowing your true authentic self to come through that creative work or whatever you're doing. Mm. Yeah. It's so You're creating resistance by fighting yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that never occurred to me before. Oh, I got chills. Welcome to True Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and today my guest is Dre Valenzuela, aka The Cussing Coach. Dre is an ex-corporate software executive turned CEO of her own shit. After losing her eight-year-long career due to COVID, Dre was determined to finally launch the business she had been dreaming of, take off the mask that she wore in corporate, not like the masks we wear now, and start living her real, authentic life with confidence, and to do that within her own business. Dre is a business confidence coach who helps female coaches launch authentically so they can sell confidently without crazy tech. She's the creator of Launch That Shit, a 12-week one-on-one program for female coaches who are ready to let go of the shit holding them back and just launch that shit. Dre uses her 15 years of experience in sales operations to create her signature launch methodology with new female coaches in mind. She loves tequila, movie theater popcorn, and red vines, and cannot wait to travel when COVID finally gets the hell out of here. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit. Dre, I'm so excited to have you, the cussing coach, here with me today. I blew up that parentpreneur uh, advisory about having some words in this. Everyone has been warned. So with that disclaimer, my darling, what do small businesses need to focus on this week? Oh my gosh. So first of all, I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for allowing me to come here and share this. So obviously the cussing coach um, leads you to believe that I am 100% exactly who I am and I do not apologize about it. Um, and so that actually leads me to what I think um, small business owners or entrepreneurs should be doing this week. And that is um, being exactly who they are, being authentic and not being afraid um, to really drill into who you are as a person, your story that you have to tell um, and taking that and, and putting that into all of your business, your marketing materials, your content, your copyright. If you sell products, do it with your products. If you're a coach, do it in your coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a business coach. I'm a business confidence coach. So I teach other coaches 
how to be confident in their own businesses. And, you know, I think not only in the coaching industry, but in the online business world, um, we spend a whole hell of a lot of time, actually too much fucking time comparing ourselves to the rest of the online space. And we want to try to emulate other people so that we can hopefully like fast track. Yeah. We're trying to cut corners. When we emulate, we're saying, okay, they've been there before me. If I emulate this behavior, then maybe I'll get ahead faster. That is very smart, self-protective, and sometimes savvy. But where it doesn't work is in the uniqueness factor. Where it doesn't work is in the authenticity factor, like you're talking about. And if you're not showing up authentically, I would argue, how the hell are you going to show up confidently if you're showing up confidently in a scam or a sham or whatever it is. Not a scam like you're out to bamboozle people. Obviously not if you're listening to this show probably and you're in the non-sleazy domain. But if I'm just going, okay, well, Dre's website's really pretty, so let me just reverse engineer Dre's website and put my picture on it. How am I going to show up confidently in that? No. Like, But then also, it's so interesting because when you build that confidence, it's like this beautiful chicken and egg problem, which is why I love so much that you focus on business and confidence is because we're told all the time we need to be authentic and transparent and real and all of these things. But that makes us really insecure. So yes. it's like new level, new devil. I'm confident in my business. Wait, hold on. I'm supposed to ratchet up the authenticity. Uh oh, not confident anymore. Okay, gotta regain my confidence, right? It's not like confidence is just a switch you flip once and you're good. It's like, okay, I am really confident in this bubble of my own making, in this network of my own making. Oop, gotta get outside the comfort zone. There goes the confidence. You gotta build it back up. So I love, love, love that you're stressing confidence across all levels. I think it makes so much sense. Mm. Well, and it's, it's one thing to be confident as an individual, right. In the real world. Like, I think we all um, probably work throughout our lives to gain confidence, to be able to um, go to school and make friends and go to parties and be, you know, sociable. Right. But um, in reality, actually someone can be really confident in their, their personal lives. And then when they decide they want to build a business, this insecurity will sneak up on them. And then they have to relearn um, how to be confident in what they're doing as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, because of all of the outside societal things. And, you know, hearing other people say like, I can't believe you're going to start a business, especially in a pandemic, right? Like I started my business in a pandemic. So in my personal life, I'm super fucking confident. But when I started this venture, you know, early last year, people were like, what the hell? They're like, have you lost your fucking mind? (laughs) You're doing this in a pandemic? Like, is anybody, first of all, you're going to be a coach. What? Second of all, you're going to try to coach people in a pandemic where like people aren't buying anything, you know? And so that confidence that I thought I had in my personal life and I was like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this shit. Like it's a, it's an everyday process. Right. And what I decided very early on was what will help me build my confidence is just to be me. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, I always tell the story when I have, when I talk to other people or even my prospective clients, when I first was starting out and starting to market my business, I was cussing and everything because that's who I am. Right. Like, and I remember my dad shot me a text one day and he was like, um, I love you and I'm so proud of you, but do you think that you should be cussing in your professional business material? Like, is your marketing person that's working with you telling you that this is okay? (laughs) And I remember telling him like, first of all, that is who I am and I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm not going to not be who I am. I can't, I physically cannot. It's inauthentic (laughs) to you. And it would keep you from being present. If you have to watch your mouth at that level of fastidiousness, it's going to pull you out of the moment. Number one, I think we have the same dad. Number two, (laughs) uh, our collective dad religiously listens to this podcast. Uh, So, hi, daddy. We're going to say lots of bad words on this show today because I have a cussing coach with me. You're so right. We get told all the time, just be you, just be you, just be you, just be you. And we feel like we are, but we're showing up in incomplete versions. And I'm not saying you have to throw your boundaries out the window, become a celebrity and live every moment in the private eye or in the public eye. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Your boundaries are important. Your personal life is important. Your relationships that have nothing to do with your business are important. The parts of your life that have no business being online are your business that you can keep offline, whatever, right? But letting it in, in the detail, in your choice of words, in how you communicate. I mix metaphors like a mofo. (laughs) That's part of how I get stuff across. I don't know why people understand it. But they do, and they love it, and they're like, oh, tell that cake story again. Well, the cake story starts about being about cake. It ends up being about a safe deposit box and what, what, who knows. But that's me, right? right. Like, I can I can teach without swearing. I cannot teach without this level of excitement and enthusiasm. I can tone it down. I can make my voice less shrill and still be me. But when I try to teach in teacher tones and teacher style, or if I try to be, you know, tough and sassy Marie Forleo, but who's very straightforward, or if I try to be ethereal like Danielle Laporte, or if I try to be, you know, any of these other things other than me, if I try to put that hat on when I teach, if I try to put on that mask with my clients, they're going to be like, girl, that's not you. Yep. You could tell, even if you just met someone, like we met on Clubhouse and we were talking about how great that is because you can't fake it. And that's, yeah. And that's the other thing that I was going to say is, is if you, if you gain clients and you're not who you are, like on your materials and your content or whatever, and then they meet with you and then all of a sudden, like I'm cussing all the time and I am, Yes, you can't fake it when you're actually talking to someone. I mean, you can, but you can't, it it won't last very long. Right. Then they're going to be like, holy crap. Like, I didn't know that that's who you were. And I'm not really interested in working with you if that, you know, they could right on clubhouse. It's so amazing because it's not about what you look like. It's not about what you're wearing. It's not about, you know, your makeup or your eyebrows or your teeth or anything like that. It is solely about what you have to say and truly allows you to show who you are through your voice and through your words and what you have to say and your knowledge and things like that. 
I always say that when you're building your business, if you're forcing yourself to do something or something is taking entirely way too long, it's because you're not allowing your true authentic self to come through that creative work or whatever you're doing. Mm. Yeah. It's so you're true. creating resistance by fighting yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that never occurred to me before. Oh, I got chills. When, when you are being Ooh. your authentic self, it will flow naturally because it is it is who you are. You know, you know, I this this new iteration, this new wist, it's not new anymore, iteration of my business, which is the non-sleazy sales academy, I feel is the most on-brand thing for me imaginable. And it's not what I wasn't doing with my brand before wasn't me. It was me. It was the same person. But it was toned down a bit. Whereas now, like, it says that I'm a Muppet in my bio. Mm, I love it. It's called the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy. I am loud. I have giant green glasses. I'm very, I normally have, like, pigtail buns on the top of my head. Now, could the argument be made that I am behaving in a way that is less than professional? Yes. In some environments, my behavior is less than professional. But in the environments where I am, we gravitate toward the real, not the glossy. Tony Robbins is still very popular, but Tony Robbins now has already taken his thing from like, I'm not going to wear a suit and a tie the whole event anymore. I'm going to go down to my shirt sleeves like a real normal guy, yeah. right? Like, we're seeing Tony Robbins in t-shirts now. People are getting more and more comfortable reaching out to people who they see themselves reflected in and by or aspirationally like, damn, Dre's confident. I want that. That's what we're angling for now. And I feel like when I finally was just like, look, I'm a loud, flaily, passionate enthusiastic second generation entrepreneur who cries when businesses go out of business, even if I've never been there. I have to just lean into that. And ever since I did, people are like, oh my God, Annie. And they want to be on my show and they want to hang out and they want to collaborate. But I don't, I, in my own business, I am proof of what you're saying that by adding those details of me back in and by not ignoring the fear of rejection because it's definitely still there and it does hurt when people are like, oh my God, will someone please tell this little bitch to shut up? You know, that's that's not pleasant. It's not. It's not nice. I think all of them should have their mouths, you know, rinsed out with soap, but it's, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. You know, because the people that do find me are so much more excited about me. And I know, you know, because your business, you come from this corporate background, your business is relatively new, but I think you had this beautiful advantage of just being full Dre right at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So coming from the corporate world, right? Like you, you are surrounded so much by society and, you know, the C-suite executive persona. I mean, I was a, an executive. So, I mean, I worked my way up from being just an inside sales rep to then a senior director and, and leading a team of a hundred people. And so I felt like every day I had to show up as the straight laced professional woman um, in order to maintain this level of success that I had been given so quickly at a young age. I mean, I started there when I was uh, 24 and I was a senior director, director by the time I was 34. 
but what ended up happening by not living exactly who I was and just being real and being me, um, you know, I started to get depressed. I started feeling like I wasn't living my purpose, living myself. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were situations in that, you know, eight years of, um, my career that I, you know, I did was like, I was like, you know what? No, that's not, that's not what I believe in. That's not who I am. And and that's not how I'm going to perform, um, in my career. But there was a lot of times when I would be in a room and I would be wondering, you know, room full of men, VPs, you know, CEOs, COO, whatever. And I'm one of the only women. I'm one of the only Hispanic women. I'm one of the only plus size Hispanic women. And I'm sitting here wondering, you know, when they're going to realize I don't belong there, you know, and not being able to speak exactly what I feel about something that we're doing or a direction we're trying to go. Because I felt like if I used my voice and said something, they were going to look at me like, who are you? And what do you think, you know, you know? And so what ends up happening was I started getting depressed, anxiety, not wanting to get up and go to work in the morning. But I always knew that I had something greater for myself. I always knew there was something else that I needed to do in the world. And I wanted it to be mine and mine alone. And when I finally realized it was time to make a shift in my life and go after my goals and stop doing for everybody else, um, I did what I call a take back my life plan. And I set a time of when I was going to leave my corporate job. And, you know, I had to figure out what I was going to do first. I had no idea what I was going to do. And uh, I went through this process where I examined what made me most happy in my life. When I woke up in the morning, what was I good at? Um, what did I, what, what, what did I love to do? And, and after going through that process, I realized that my most exciting part of my day was working and coaching and mentoring my employees and helping them Ooh. to get to success. And so here I am, Ta-da! you know, doing that for other female coaches. I love to work with other females to do the same thing that I wanted to do, which was build a business of their own that they could have, build their purpose and do it authentically because I didn't want to continue down the road I was in where I wasn't able to be my full self. Um, and there was no way that I could have a business and not do that. Yes. Well, especially because you brought up being in corporate, not that all corporate environments are like this. I feel like like hashtag not all corporate, like hashtag not all offices or whatever. But, you know, you brought up the fact that like very often you were the only woman, you're Latina and you're plus size and whatever. And it's like, I can speak to two out of three of those Mm -hmm. things. I can speak to being a curvy gal. (laughs) I can also talk to being like white privilege is all hell, but like, so two out of three, definitely not the third. But what's so interesting in that is that now those things that could be detrimental and not that we don't need people inside creating change in corporate environments to make it not this way. If you're currently fighting for equality and a fair share you know, for you, for people of color, for women, for the LBGTQ community, for what, for the differently abled, whatever it is, if you're fighting for equality in your industry, good for you. 
But what's amazing now is that none of those things matter now that you're just you because if anything else they're just parts of you and they're galvanizing other people like you who have been missing voices of women of color have been missing voices of women who cuss and swear and don't give a crap about it have been missing voices of or not even just voices if you go on to instagram and everyone looks like a freaking barbie or everyone is using stock photos of the same damn Barbie. Good for Barbie, but I would really much rather see some boobs and butt in my Instagram because I'm like, oh, this chick's going to get me. Exactly. This chick's going to get what it feels like for someone to assume things about me because I'm rounder than a Barbie. Like, that's huge and wonderful, and that's not... Your value prop, it's not your like, hey, I'm Dre. I'm a confidence business coach for curvy ex-corporate <laughs> Latinas. You're not doing that. You could. It'd be a weird niche. I'm sure you'd be successful at it. But now it's just part of what makes your brand magical because it's just part of the magic of you. It's part of what made you who you are today. It's part of how you show up in the world. And now people can celebrate in that instead of you having to walk into a room and being like, oh, does my life make me look fat? Are they going to take me seriously? Well, the magic is, right? The magic happens on its own. So you're right. I don't have to say that I am a business confidence coach that's Latina. But because I show it online in my content, what happens just organically, because that's how emotional marketing and authentic marketing works is people online see that and they're like, holy shit, she's me. Like I want to know her and it just happens. And so the more you utilize that authenticity and just be who you are, it, you don't realize, but your marketing is just working for you, not against you. And how liberating. How liberating. Because I don't have to try at all. I just show up no. as who the fuck I am. <laughs> that's, the, that's the greatest part of it. Like, it feels like a con where you're like, hold on, hold on. I know I provide a lot of value. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying my work's not hard. But the fact that I never have to alter myself at all first phase yes terrifying oh yes dealing with trolls never fun but totally worth it for the liberation Mm -hmm. of getting to show up every day and not have to censor alter pivot change anything and just what comes out your mouth comes out your mouth lands on the right ears moves the right needles for people and gets them ahead i i that is the joy of my life which i also think it's why we love clubhouse because that's exactly what happens like you pop into a room on clubhouse you say your little spiel you have some good times and you leave Mm -hmm. and you end up finding your tribe it's so funny because we'll be in a room and someone will speak And I can tell by like the first, I mean, that's how I connected with you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I fucking love her because the first five, you know, words out of someone's mouth and you're like, holy shit, she is in my tribe. She is one of me. I love her. And we're just gonna, you know, have fun together. That's, that's what it works. That's how it works. Absolutely. Now I have brought you here today 
to talk about someone that we both adore, Mm. who embodies confidence, curviness, not giving a fuck, but giving a fuck about all the right fucks. And that is Lizzo. Lizzo is in the house. I took a DNA test. Turns out. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch. And that is who she is. Listen, I love her story so much because she actually lived in a car. She was living in a car before she became this amazing, you know, entertainer that she is. And that alone is why I love her so much because, you know, I think as women, we carry a lot in general for everyone that we are around, take care of love. And I think for her, she was just like, listen, I have a dream. There's something that I want to do. And I guess I'm just going to do whatever I have to do to get it done. And that was, unfortunately, she, she wasn't trying to get other jobs. She was trying to go for what she wanted. And if that meant living in her car until she got it, that's, that's what it meant. That's the sacrifice she's going to make. And I I resonate with that so much because, you know, before I started my business, after I lost my job due to COVID, which I I don't, I don't think I mentioned that in the story before, but, um, I remember thinking like, you know, everyone's going to say, you need to get another job. You need to go get another job like quick. And I, I remember my dad saying like, Hey, I can, I can hire you next week. Cause he does similar work to what I was doing. And I'm like, yeah, no. Thanks, Daddy. No, I need to launch this business because that is what I feel in my soul to do. And so I love like correlating that to her story. Like she lived in her car. And I think, you know, in her story, there was a time where she wanted to give up because we all do. Right. And the day that in her story, the day that she almost gave up was the day that she, her single hit and she became famous. <sighs> Not to mention that she's the whole ass exactly who she is and she doesn't apologize for it. And she was that huge movement, right? For plus size women to like not give a fuck. Not give a fuck, not apologize for it. And also to celebrate it. Yes. To embrace it, to celebrate it and um, to not be (laughs) fearful to show who you are and how you look. Remember all the interviews where she was just talking about how much she loved fries? Like, there was the <laughs> longest period of time where she was like, can I get some fries? Like, all the time, she was just like, I need fries. I haven't had fries in hours. I need fries. Like, I just love that. I was like, she's not even saying, like, oh, try to slim down for your health. She's like, may I please have more fries? Yeah, she's like, give me About some of that. 20 minutes as I have fries, bring me fries. And and the same thing with confidence, with sex, with adoration, with talent, with skill. Like Lizzo does not claim to be perfect, but she does claim to be flawless. And I love that. And in her music a lot, it's about how you show up in the face of situations that are new or challenging for you. Right. And it's not saying I'm perfect. In fact, like, I'm crying because I love you is all about, like, I am an emotionally closeted hot mess who cannot handle my shit. 
but I'm fabulous. <laughs> like, that's wonderful. That's what we want. And then, you know, you look at Lizzo, and she's in, like, this sequin romper thong yes. with her big, gorgeous legs hanging out, shaking her ass, twerking, doing the whole thing. And then she's like, oh, hold on. Let's mix this up. Let me grab she my pulls out a float. <laughs> I love it. Like, yes. If that is not permission to include all the aspects of your life that you're passionate about, if you can pull in your passions, I am passionate about pop culture. That is why this podcast exists. I found a way to marry the two. Yes. Lizzo can twerk while playing the flute. Yes. And <laughs> and you want to know what's the most amazing about it? She isn't afraid to say, I'm a big, confident woman who plays a little elegant you know, piece of music, like the flute, yep. you think like, when you think of the flute, you're like, oh, these little dainty, like, you know, little bitty girls just blowing the shit. No, this bitch gets oh. on stage and she yep. blows the shit out of it. And I love it. I love it. And then she opens her gigantic, beautiful mouth and the voice of an angel comes out sounding all gorgeous. And then she turns around and raps and then she stops rapping and twerks some more. And then she gets bored with the twerking and goes back to the flute. And it's just like, how do you, where is this even going? This is amazing because she's just following where she wants to go. And the thing is, when you watch her, the amount of confidence radiating, radiating off of her is so infectious. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, her first album was not a runaway hit. This last one whoo, whoo, blew up everywhere. But I think what it was was people were waking up to the fact that they can live without apology as mm -hmm. themselves too, up to and including playing a flute. I think, you know, I, I was actually a little bit upset at the times when I think she was kind of getting some shit about like trying to lose the weight you know, after, you know, coming out as this plus size woman who loved who she was. And that's, that topic is always so interesting to me because just because you're a plus size woman and you are promoting being a plus size woman doesn't mean that you don't feel that you want to be healthier in, right. in your pursuit. Right. Like, and I always hate, cause this, this happens to plus size famous people all the time. It's like they, they come out, they're confident, they're showing who they are. And then they decide, you know, I may just want to be a little bit healthier in my life. And then everybody gets some shit about it because they've just, you know, promoted being plus size and now they're wanting to, you know, go on a diet. I never understood that because in all actuality, like she's still plus size. She's still a bigger woman. She just wants to be healthier. Give her a fucking break. Like you want to. Maybe she wants to lower her cholesterol. You know, maybe she's trying to stave off pre-diabetes. We don't know. Exactly. So I just, I've always, you know, when that all, all that shit was going down, I was just like, man, that's unfortunate because so what now? Like she's not this famous plus size icon, like because she wants to also, go on Weight Watchers. Also, going to lose some weight. Have you seen how athletic her shows are? Yeah. Like, she's doing, like, kicks and splits and all that flute twerking we were just talking about. Like, how could you not lose weight shaking that ass all day, every day? 
Of course you're going to. Well, and I think the bigger thing is, is that for me, like when I look at her, I'm not just looking at her as a plus size woman. Yeah, she's a plus size no. woman. She's a bigger woman. And I have that in common with her. It's not actually that that draws me to her. It is no. the fact that she does not apologize for what the fuck she's doing. Exactly. And what we were talking about before, the fact that her size is a characteristic of what makes her her. It is not all of her. It's some of her. It's part of her. It's something that people relate to and see themselves in. But it's not the only thing that she offers. She's not just singing songs about being bigger. She's not just, I mean, just like what I was saying with you. It's not like you're like, I'm a confidence coach for plus-size Latina coaches. <laughs> That's not that's not your thing. If that's what you become in the future, cool. But I think that would be too limiting for you. Yeah, no, right? You're so right. Just like if Lizzo decides that she doesn't want to play the flute anymore. I think that would be a bigger shame than that if Lizzo would be loses some weight. So sad. <laughs> yes. Because that is yeah, that's I mean, part of her, right? Comes out conservatively dressed, not playing a flute, singing slow ballads about how men are are the apple of her eye. Like, no. No. That's not you, boo. No, like, that's, that's not you, boo. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. So, you know, before I let you go, you did something which is just so unicorn, like, just mind-boggling, which is that you replaced your income really quickly within your first few months of business. Uh, with mm -hmm. your story in mind and with Lizzo's story in mind, uh, I know that we said at the very beginning we don't want people to emulate or cut corners, but is there something in this vein of confidence, of being yourself, of putting yourself out there, of being steely that you think really did help you speed up that process? Yeah. So um, I went against the grain. So in, in marketing or in, in business entrepreneurship, you know, you're taught or shown to do a lot of certain things. Um, and I think my approach initially was um, to just serve, like just help people, um, especially because I knew that, well, I had been there, right? Like I knew what it felt like to start a coaching business and have no idea what the fuck I was doing, how to navigate the world of online coaching. And so I remember before I actually hired a coach myself to help me with this business aspect of things, I was like, man, I just, if I just had someone that was like kind enough to just like give me an hour and like help me navigate yeah. this world, like one hour, you know? And so how I catapulted my business was I wasn't advertising. And actually I still am not, honestly, if you go to my website right now, which will change in the next couple of weeks, cause I'll be launching a, a program, but, um, I wasn't advertising any of my services, <laughs> which you're probably thinking like, what, how are you getting any business? The only thing that I was advertising was a one hour free business confidence call for new coaches, new female coaches who are trying to figure out how to, they just taken their certification. They want to be a coach. They're so excited to start their business, but they have no idea 
how to figure out what niche they want to be in, how to identify their brand and their brand story. And so all I did, I didn't promote anything else but this free call. And what happened was I just started getting people scheduling this call and they would go on my website. They wouldn't see anything else. So it's like, oh, well, she's not a salesy kind of person, right? So in, at the end of this hour call, I would share so much wealth and knowledge and expertise. And also I do it in a way that's super humble and just to help. And then at the end of the call, they're like, how do I work with you? Right. Give me more of that, please. More, please. More, please. More, <laughs> what please. What are you charging? Please. Of course, in the very beginning, I had, I didn't think that was going to happen to me. So I had no idea what the hell I was going to do. And I had to think on my feet, like, well, what would I even charge? And then I had to go through that whole cycle of like, what am I worth and how much should I charge and all that shit. But once I figured out I had something going, I'm like, all right, I'm going to put some pricing together, contracts together. And you know, my goal wasn't to be like this online influencer and have this space where people just go through the sales funnel and try to, you know, have them purchase with no interaction with me whatsoever. I think maybe one day, you know, that may be, you know, a long-term business goals so that I, you know, if I'm, if I blow up, you know, become, you know, whatever, and I have a lot of services, but today um, I still want to have that connection with my clients and I still want to focus on serving people and truly helping people because I feel like the more that you give in your business when you're first starting out, the more that you will get. And that organic wealth will come through your business because your intention is, is tr true and pure, which obviously that's, that's my brand and that's who I am. So for me to not actually be real and, and want to truly help someone would not be, would not match my mission and, and who I am as a business owner. And so um, through those calls brought emails. So I would get their email. And so then I could correspond through email and then clubhouse pivoted the whole entire thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing there. I only advertise my free business confidence call. That is it. Give me an hour. I will help you. Once you get off this call, you will have more clarity and be motivated. And if you don't want to do anything with me, we can be friends and you can follow me on Instagram and hopefully my content will help you. And that's yeah. it. A hundred percent value first, negotiate later. I absolutely adore that. Now, goofy question for you. Let's say you decide tomorrow that you're going to swing way wide into advertising. You're just going to go nuts on advertising and you decide that you are going to buy a billboard. And on this billboard, it's just a picture of you. It says business confidence quote, uh, business confidence coach, and it's got a Lizzo quote on it. What Lizzo quote are you putting on your billboard? I mean, what do you think? Her most famous one. We've already said this. DNA test? Yes. I took a DNA test. It turns out I'm 100% that bitch. I think mine would be, did you just botch a sales call? <laughs> you could have had a bad bitch, noncommittal, help you with your career. Just a just little. A I think that would be mine. I mean, actually, that is probably a better one. But I think <laughs> because, you know, you're you're the non-sleazy sales, you know, expert over here. <laughs> but for me, it's like, be that bitch in your business. Yes, be that be bitch that in your business. Be that bitch. 100% that bitch. 100% that, that bitch in your business. Be 100% that bitch. Now, 
as a hundred percent one of my most beloved bitches, Dre, how do our listeners start a conversation with you? So there's a couple ways. Um, obviously, Instagram, a hundred percent. Dre Valenzuela is my ha- Instagram handle. I am very active there. You can DM me. I will respond and it will be me. Um, It may be, you know, a day or two afterwards, but I I really try to get back to everyone who messages me or reaches out or follows me. I'm very engaging there. Um, And then obviously recently Clubhouse. So if you find me on Clubhouse, Dre.Balancevela and follow me there. I start rooms. I co-collaborate, moderate with other people. Oh, you start the best rooms. Let me just like <laughs> vouch for these rooms. These are killer rooms. Well, we just have fun. I think that's the the most important goal and to really actually like give value and have people be able to chat with you. I think, you know, when you're, when you have value and knowledge and you're moderating a room, you know, the goal is to get people on stage with you and have them ask questions and learn from you and Mm -hmm. not just spend the whole time, you know, sharing your knowledge and not having anybody else, you know, ask questions and learn from you specifically. So I just love, I, Clubhouse has changed my entire life. (laughs) Girl, same, girl, same. Shout out to Clubhouse, sponsor my podcast. (laughs) Dre, baddest of all bitches, cussingest of all coaches. It has been an honor and pleasure having you on TLTQ today. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful to you. And I have so much fun. So we'll have to do this again. Oh, yes. I need to have you on my live on Instagram. And then one day when we're not shut down, we can meet in person and have an absolute fucking blast. Yeah, and do a lot of twerking. Yes. Sorry, Daddy. Daddy, don't Google that. Everybody else will be back in just a minute with my final thoughts and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. I spent a lot of time wondering what a Be That Bitch challenge might look like, but in the end, I boiled it down to just this one question. Where are you toning yourself down? For me, Dre's assertion that we encounter resistance in ourselves when we hold ourselves back spoke directly to my core. With each iteration of my business, I wind up showing the world more and more of myself, more honest, more vulnerable, more real. And it has served me well, even if it hasn't always been uh, emotionally pleasant. But looking back, I see that growing pains hurt But holding yourself back hurts even more. Playing small hurts the most. This week, I want you to pour over your brand and look for areas where you have censored yourself. Now, this is not just about adding more potty mouth words to your website. Although, if you swear like a sailor and pretend to be fresh and pure as the fallen snow in your copywriting, you might be doing yourself a disservice or leading the wrong customers to your door. But there are so many ways we tone ourselves down. Where on your website do you sound more like your competitors than yourself? What leftover language from previous iterations is still hanging out on your profiles and bios? Where did you feel pressured to gloss over something, to use buzzwords, or to follow a script to the letter? Where are you using stock photos instead of your own face and your own body? 
These are the places that are calling out for more you, whoever you truly are, whoever you truly want to be, and however you truly aim to serve. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. If you struggle to sell because you don't know how to put a price on all that goodness in you and you don't like the way that your competitors do it, I have great news for you. You can find my free challenge, Making Selling Easy Without Getting Sleazy, anytime at www.annypruggles.com slash easy, not sleazy. Our show is edited and produced by Andrew Sims of Hyperbole. Our fabulous theme tune is by Riley Horbacio, who I found on Fiverr. Our gorgeous podcast art is by Francois Vigneault, who I found on Upwork. And our marketing team is led by the unbelievably life-saving Nick Bonitatibus. Don't forget to check today's show notes for more information about our fabulous guests, plus some continuing resources and some Etsy finds from other super fans of today's topic. All pop culture elements mentioned in this episode remain the sole intellectual property of their respective owners. I do not own them, so please don't sue me.